We bless you, faithful God, that makes every promise and fulfills it and keeps everyone towards us, O King of Glory. You've called us to be faithful and to walk in holiness just as you are. We know this is not something that we can do on our own. We therefore want to count on you to lead our way. Teach us, Lord, even from the judgment of Tyre and the failure to keep their covenant of brotherhood. Teach us to be faithful in everything that we do and say in Jesus' my name we have prayed and believed. Amen. Amen. A man at some point promised to marry a certain girl and um, the girl was from um, um, a very distant place. She was actually from Arua so she went back home but after some time she realized that this man did not keep um, his promise. And the girl just went home and sat there and she simply refused. There are people that are faithful in life. She simply refused to, to get married to any other person. And then this man moved on with life and started dating this one, dating the other. Every single person that he tried to connect with, things could not work out. Things could not work out. He could get this woman, get into arrangements, sometimes even get to introduction. And then they could just not move beyond that. After some time, he got born again and went through deliverance. And the Lord revealed that he had made a vow to this girl and he had not fulfilled it. And because of her tears and the faithfulness of the girl, God had blocked his marriage as well. These things are still happening. And then he took time off and went to Aroa and went to the girl's home. And uh, he still found the girl waiting and she broke down and cried profusely. And the girl got into a convulsion because these things are spiritual. Until they went through prayers and sessions of forgiveness and issues like that. And the girl released him. That is when he came back and got married. Friends, when we make promises, we must fulfill them. You see, both to God and men, because God cares about both those relationships. Today we are here to look at, um, to continue with our studies in the book of Amos. And uh, today... Our theme is entitled, uh, God is Judgment of Tyre's Slavery and um, um, Broken Brotherhood Promises or Failure to Love. God is Judgment of Tyre's Slavery and Broken Brotherhood Promises. That is what we are going to um, look at this morning. Our passage is in uh, Amos chapter 1 verse 9 to 10, only two verses. That is where the judgment of uh, Tyre is. Friends, we are in a section that is entitled the judgment of the nations. And that runs from Amos chapter uh, 1 verse 3 to Amos chapter 2 and verse 16. And it is a series of um, um, eight um, judgments or an oracle of eight judgments uh, against eight nations, including the Lord's nations themselves, or Judah and Israel, but also these other nations. We said the Lord is a sovereign judge. This is what we are looking at. He judges all people. He judges his own and he also judges the rest of these nations. And today we are looking at the judgment of Tyre. Uh, this is what it reads. Amos chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre and for four, I will not revoke his punishment, because they delivered up an entire population to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. So I will send fire upon the wall of Tyre and it will consume her citadels. Praise the Lord. Now you have a map at the back of your Bible and uh, you do well to look at that in this study. If you're careful to look at that, you're going to realize that um, Tyre lies 
on the northwest over Israel. Far north, far northwest, Tyre and Sidon are these two um, uh, kind of cities where um, the, 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 the kind of the main um, focus on of um, the city-states of uh, uh, these nations that we called um, the, the Phoenicia. Uh, you remember that there was a very good relationship that existed between David and Hiram. We are going to see that in uh, um, in, in the Bible, in Second Samuel chapter 5, and it was affirmed by Solomon in First Kings chapter 5. So there had been a very good relationship between these two nations for a very, very long time. Actually, in history, no Israelite king ever attacked Tyre. It is not there because they had a relationship. They had a relationship. But these people were, were hidden. Actually, this is why God warns in 2 Corinthians 6.14 that there should not be a connection between um, um, the light and darkness, uh, you know, because finally they end up turning against these people. They end up turning against the Israelites like we're going to see in this prophecy. You also remember that uh, this lady called Jezebel actually came from Tyre. <laughs> she came from Phoenicia. That is where she came from. They were, they were a heathen nation. They didn't know the Lord. They, 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 they worship these other gods. They worship the Baals. And this is why we must be careful when we get into covenants with these kind of people. So that is what we are looking at. Now, when you go back to the passage, you realize that the standard still runs through or the pattern. Uh, it still says, that says the Lord. We've already looked at this, that the Lord is sovereign and there are for judges. We say that the name Lord there is uh, the redeeming covenant keeping name of God. Uh, as far as Israel is concerned, he is called Yahweh. But when he comes to these other nations like us, he is Jehovah. In other words, he is still the redeeming covenant keeping God in one way or the other. He is Jehovah. Why? He has died for all of us. And if we care to believe in him, he becomes our God. But even if you don't believe in him, he remains God. And if he, Philippians 2.11, he says that finally every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is God. So he remains God and he still has the credentials to judge. For those of you that have missed our earlier teachings, you can, um, uh, we, we, we can make them available. And then he says, this time he's judging Tyre. And he says for four, um, for three transgressions of Tyre and for four, I will not revoke his punishment. What does he mean here? We've said that Tyre uh, up to till that point was involved in lots of, you know, um, sins and lots of contraventions of the requirements of God. But we said a time comes when the, the, the cup of the wrath of God fills up and it overflows. And at that point, there's no running back. At that point, God judges. Friends, begin examining your life and see what kind of sin are you walking in. Some of us get into habits and sin that uh, kind of permeates our life a long time. And the time comes, friend, when God will not hold forth, uh, will not hold back his wrath, but he release it upon our lives. But today our focus is going to be on verse 9 when he says, I will not revoke his punishment. And he says, because they delivered up an entire population of uh, to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. Now, there are two offenses that we see here. And we told you that uh, when, when he says that he's judging them for a sin, it doesn't just mean that they have just done or committed one sin. No, there are many, but he gets to a point and he's judging. Now, what filters through here 
according to what we see in scripture is um Tyre was getting judged at this moment for two offenses. One, delivering populations to Edom in slavery, which was uh, a similar offense to what we saw with the Philistine states yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then two, he says, they also broke a covenant of brotherhood. And we are going to be seeing that. Now, when you go to scripture in uh, Joel chapter um in Joel chapter 3, you get to realize that they delivered people into slavery. How? Actually, it also involved taking Judah itself. Joel is just a chapter back. In Joel 3, 4, the Bible says, Moreover, what you, what are you to me, O Tyre, Sidon, and all the regions of Philistia? Uh, you, you see? Now, just like Philistia, so Tyre and Sidon, which are the key uh, cities of Phoenicia, are guilty of the same offense. Listen to what he says. He says, are you rendering me a recompense? But if you do recompense me swiftly and speedily, I will return your recompense on your head. Since you have taken my silver and my gold and brought my precious treasures to your temples and sold the sons of Judah. You, you, you hear that? in Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their territory. Behold, I'm going to arouse them from the place where you have sold them and return your recompense on your head. Also, I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the sons of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabines, to a distant nation, for the Lord has spoken. Now listen to this. You can see clearly from Joel that among the people that they sold into slavery uh, were the people of Judah. They were the people of Judah. And yet there was a long-standing covenant of um, brotherhood between them and the people of Judah or the people of Israel. So they were guilty on two counts here. As far as the divine courtroom is concerned, they were guilty on two counts, selling the people of Judah into slavery and secondly, selling a people into slavery with whom they are the covenant of brotherhood. You see, that is where the problem was. And like we said in the judgment of Gaza yesterday, they themselves were not, you know, using slaves, but they were um, facilitating the Edomites to get these slaves. This is a, what, what we call facilitating sin, like we saw in uh, uh, Gaza's judgment and the rest of uh, the Philistine city-states yesterday. There are people that don't directly do a sin, but they facilitate this sin being done, like we saw yesterday, helping others to commit sin, connecting people's wives to other people, and that kind of thing. You know, uh, letting uh, your children watch all these sort of funny cartoons and, and, and pornographic stuff. You've bought them phones, but you don't know what they're watching over there. God judges these kind of sins. He really does and he holds you accountable, my dear friend. I want to first of all show you uh, that these people had a relationship. If you go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 11, you're going to realize that there was a relationship between uh, David and Hiram when he was constructing um, um, that, that, that particular um, is, is city or when he had construction projects. You know, Israel did not have these very big trees. He, they, they didn't. They didn't. So they had to connect with these people and go to them and get them. Listen to what 2 Samuel 5.11 says, Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David with cedar trees and carpenters and uh, stone masons, and they built a house for David. In uh, um, 1 Kings chapter 5, 
you can see that this relationship continued during the days of um, Solomon. You see, uh, this relationship continued. Uh, listen to this. In First uh, Kings chapter 5, there's an alliance between Hiram, the king of Tyre, and uh, uh, David. Uh, sorry, and Solomon, the son of David. Here the Bible says, Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in the place of his father. For Hiram uh, had always been a friend of David. You hear that? Then Solomon sent word to Hiram, saying, You know that David, my father, was unable to build a house for the name of the Lord, his God, because of the wars which surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. Behold, I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to David my father, saying, Your son whom I will set on your throne in your place, he will build the house for my name. Now therefore command that they cut for me cedars from Lebanon, and my servants will be your servants, and I'll give you wages for your servants according to all that you say. For you know that there is none among you who knows how to cut timbers like the Sidonians. When Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord God. <laughs> and this man calls God by his redeeming covenant name in verse, in, in, in verse 7. Very interesting here. Who has given to David a wise son over the great peoples? So Hiram sent word to Solomon saying, I have heard the message which you have sent me. I will do what you desire concerning the cedar and cypress timber. Eh? You see that? So there was a relationship. That is the point that I'm making here. Actually, when you go to 1 Kings chapter 16 and from around verse 30, you realize that Ahab exploited this relationship to the point of marrying Jezebel from that point, only that this did not please the Lord. But the point is they had a brotherhood there. But then how do you turn against someone with whom you have a covenant of brotherhood? Friends, God judges this. There are many of us that could think that this was uh, very far of these people. This is what they were doing and therefore they deserved judgment. But this is what we are doing even today. There are many of us that have promised to to uh, marriage to particular people. I'm going to marry, marry you. And then this lady waits. She waits upon you. A potential suit has come and they go. They come and they go. You burn her time. And at the end of the day, you, you're like, how can I end up marrying you? I didn't even see that your nose was crooked. Th th those kind of things. And someone has been waiting for you. And, and people hide all... Uh, uh, behind all sorts of arguments and they're like you know my mother you're a big man and you're claiming your mother my mother said you see my mother and that kind of stuff you you, you see and you burn our time and these people are crying and you think you're going to have a prosperous marriage even before addressing this <laughs> shortcoming and women also do it a man waits upon you and when the time comes you you, you end up going someone else and they are crying and maybe this is why you're having issues in your marriage, you see, because of these tears. Eh? And people are crying because you made a promise and you did not uh, turn out um, to, to fulfill it. It binds us. It can bind your finances. It can bind your childbearing. It can bind your peace in that marriage in one way or the other. Every time this kind of person is crying, promises. Mm? We promise to help people who give you money when they time ends and i get my salary and you, you when you get the money you don't do it some of us have borrowed and we've not paid 
with our friends that, that we, we hold a covenant with in one way or the other. You see, some of us are promised to take care of um, the sons and daughters of our uh, nephews, nieces, brothers, when they die, you stand in the midst of the people at the vigil and you tell them, I'm going to do that. And people clap for you. And that is the end of it all. You see, and people suffer. Some of us have even taken their property instead of using it to care for them. We are enriching ourselves with this. And God says, I'm watching and I'm holding you by your word. And many blessings are being blocked because of the promises that we've made. Some of us have promised God, I will serve you when you heal me. I'll, I'll serve you. I'll become a reverend. I'll become a leader. I'm going to become a pastor. Hey, hey, hey chunga. <laughs> Do not be quick to make those promises because God will not be, uh, you know, perturbed with fulfilling his part. He easily fulfills it. He healed you. Have you fulfilled his, your, your vote to God? God, I'm going to give you so much money. I'll do this for the church. If you give me this deal, if you heal me and you get me successfully back to, to, to my home and I get back, you make your promises. Be very careful. There is a man called Jephthah. That is why my firstborn is called Jephthah and people have not heard of that name. He's in Judges 11. He made a promise before God. He was a poor man, a kind of a destitute. And he told God, if I go forth into this battle and I come back, and I'm, I'm whole. The first thing that comes out of my house is what I'm going to give you as a sacrifice. And what came out? <laughs> His daughter. And the Bible shows that he sacrificed her. <laughs> you see, be careful when you make vows. Let me read a couple of uh, um, scriptures here for us to, uh, to see how serious it is uh, for us to make these vows and how God holds us accountable. The first one is in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, and chapter 5 and verse 1, I could have taken it from 2, but let me just take it from 1. He says, guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen, rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they don't know they are doing evil. And then he explains the sacrifice of fools here. Don't be hasty in the word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. <laughs> For the dream comes through much effort and the voice of a fool through many words. When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it. For it takes no delight in fools. <laughs> Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow, that you should vow and not pay. Don't let your speech cause you to sin and don't... Um, say in the presence of the message of God that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? You hear that? For in many dreams and in many words, there is emptiness. Rather, fear the Lord. So what he's basically saying there is don't, do not be hasty in making promises that you're not going to keep. God is in heaven and is not going to in other words, he's highly exalted and he's sovereign. He cannot fail to honor his part. But for us, we are quick in, in making these promises and we don't fulfill them. In Malachi 2.10, he says, aren't we, aren't we sons of the same father? Why are we quick in making promises that we are not going to keep? That is what Malachi chapter 2, verse 10 says. You know, don't make a promise to your brother that you will not keep. In Psalm 15, 4, he says that a holy man, even when he makes a, a promise, even if it means making a loss, he is surely going to fulfill it. You see, man, Jesus speaks about this thing in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 33 uh, to 37. He warns us and he says um, regarding this kind of uh, 
and promises. In Matthew 5.33, it says again, you've heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven or because it's the throne of God, or by earth, because it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair, white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes or no, no. Anything beyond this is evil. Why do you promise things that you're not going to fulfill? Yeah? People who pledge money in the church, and when the time comes to pay, we don't pay it. I mean, why why do we do those kind of things? Don't be hasty. Don't be hasty. You see, in any way. Friends, let me wind up with this. God said he was going to judge Tyre um, like you had. And in Ezekiel chapter 26, uh, finally that judgment comes. Uh, you'll look at Ezekiel 26 and uh, where we saw in Joel chapter 3 verse 8, he says he's going to give their land to um, um, Israel and uh, he will basically take uh, their people also into captivity. God judges. Time may come. May, uh, he may take some time, but he actually uh, basically does it. He says in Ezekiel 26, now in the 11th year, on the first of the month, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Ezekiel, son of man, because Tyre has said concerning Jerusalem, aha, the gate of the peoples is broken. It has been opened to me. I, sh I shall be fulfilled. Now, that she is laid waste. Therefore, that says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Tyre, and I'll bring up many nations against you as the sea brings up its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers, and I will, I will scrape her debris from her and make her a bare rock. She will be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, declares the Lord God. You're going to read the whole of um, Ezekiel 26, but let me just explain this. Tyre was finally beaten and brought down by um, Alexander the Great. He basically raised down everything. First of all, you know, you not see what I mean if you don't look at your map. Tyre had two parts. They, they had an offshore part that was kind of an impregnable city that was in the rocks and, you know, built up there in the middle of the sea. <laughs> and then they had a, a, a part that was on um, the, the shore. So Nebuchadnezzar, first of all, came and uh, laid siege upon it for 12 years. <laughs> and he failed to take it, but he broke it down finally when he found that the people were gone into the other part that was in the sea. But later, um, this um, Alexander the Great came and built a causeway from the mainland, and he went and destroyed that city that thought it was impregnable. And that is what the Lord does. Friends, let us not make covenants with our brothers, with our sisters, in the spirit of physically, uh, in, 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 by bloodline, uh, and not keep them. And let us not be, you know, tormentors like what they did in slavery. Who have you made a covenant to? Because God is going to judge that. You've promised to marry someone and you haven't done it. Let us look for these people and, you know, put things right with them. Just go and repent before them and put things right. The debts that we have, let us go to the people that have given them unto us and, and pay them. Finally, when we are unfaithful, the Lord remains faithful. In 2 Timothy 2.13, he remains faithful. He's not son of man to lie. He keeps his covenant. And it is only God through Christ Jesus that is going to help us to remain faithful. He was faithful to death, to the point of death. 
We see him in Matthew 26, verse 29 onwards, struggling with the cross, but he finally made it. It is only God that is going to make you faithful in your heart. You need him in your life. Tell him, God, come and sit in my life and reign in my life, and you shall surely bless me. If you don't know Christ, you need to accept him. Tell him, dear Father, today I admit that I need you. I can't be faithful on my own. I declare that I'm born again. Make me your son or daughter in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, I pray for your people that they shall accept you and submit to you all the time so you make them faithful in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also pray for people that have been wounded and whose hearts have been broken by people that have made promises, empty promises to your life, to marry you, to get married to you, to give you money, to, to, to take care of you, and you've gone through life struggling. May the Lord um, give it to you in your heart uh, to forgive them, such that he will set you free and set them free as well and then you will work upon your issues in the name of the lord jesus christ we prayed amen god bless you